Hey, welcome to Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. There's one word that our kids learn that we dread as dads, as parents. We are not looking forward to the time that our kids learn this word. They learn a little bit about what it means and how they can use it, and do they ever (laughs) abuse it. It's the word, why? Oh, we hate it. Because our kids like to play games. You tell them one thing, why? You tell them an explanation, why? You answer again, why? 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 It never, ever ends. It's like an annoying little bird that's just chirping. Why? 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 You know exactly what I mean. In our home, we eliminated that pretty quick. We're like, okay, this this has to stop. You cannot do this. It's fun to engage in the game once just for the stake uh, for the sake of, you know, the nostalgia, but beyond that, forget about it. You want it to be gone. But they learn this word, why, and they use it as a game, but they also use it in a constructive way, where they're actually trying to learn. And what I want to talk about today is when they use the word, why, you shouldn't be afraid of it. You shouldn't reject it or oppose it. You should invite it. And whenever they ask you why, you should always give an answer. Your kids need reasoning. They need an explanation. We cannot be fathers who say, it's my way or the highway. You will do as you are told. We cannot be dads who enforce and become dictators in our homes. Because if we do that, if that's the way that we choose to father, we need to go ahead and get a calendar out and start marking out the days until our children turn 18, because then we will lose them. If that is how you choose to father your kids, where it is your rule and your reign and you have absolute authority, you're going to lose them. If you tell them, here are the rules, you do this, you do that, you don't do this, you don't do that, and you leave it at that. And they don't have an explanation as to why they're supposed to do those things or not do those things. You're going to lose them. You have to invite the question why. Sometimes you even need to inject it into the conversation yourself, and you need to make sure that you answer the question. You need to make sure that your kids have an understanding, because if they don't get it from you, they're going to get it from somewhere else. And that's when things can go south. That's when things can get really messed up. And you don't want that. You want to avoid that. You are a good dad. You're on a mission to be a better dad every day. This is a part of it, not being afraid of the question, why? And I'll be honest, I do think there are times where kids and they, they deploy the question why as a defense mechanism, maybe to buy them some more time before they get the consequence. But even in those times, there's still a teachable moment. Don't avoid the question why. Answer it. Anytime you are correcting your child, anytime you are giving them a consequence, regardless, you need to make sure that you give an explanation. But I don't have to explain myself. I'm their dad. Go ahead and get your calendar out. You're going to lose with the kid. 
You can't parent that way. You can't father that way where you just get to do whatever it is that you want to do. All you're doing by doing that is living out your life as a child the way that you wanted to when you were a child. Getting to do whatever it is that you want to do whenever you want to do it. You're just being a big kid. You're better than that. And you're bigger than that. You're an adult. You're a big boy now. You wear big boy pants. So you have to be a man when you are a father. You cannot just rule and reign the way that you want to. It's not your rule. You're not sovereign. You still make mistakes. You still have to be told more than once to do things. That's one of the things that irks me. People say, I've already told you once. Everyone has to be told more than once. You go to school and you learn the same thing over and over and over again because repetition is how you learn. Why in the world do you think you can hold your kid to a standard that you can't even uphold yourself? Different topic for another day. The point is, we have to answer the question, why? We have to invite our kids to ask the question, why? Because if they don't understand, they're going to have questions, and if you refuse to answer them because you're so sovereign, someone else is going to answer them. You're going to lose your kid. I don't want you to lose your kids. I don't want them to not have respect for you because you didn't take the time to answer questions that they had. And you start as soon as you can with this. My son Frankie was having a problem listening. He got into school and it was really bad. It just escalated. So I've had conversations with him about listening. And I've tried to break down this domino effect that happens when you are a good listener. I said, Franklin, there's a reason you need to listen. Here's the explanation. When you listen, you learn. And as you begin to learn, then you learn what to do. And as you learn what to do, you have the ability to achieve your goals, to do whatever it is that you want to do, because now you know how to do it. But you won't know how to do it unless you didn't learn how to do it, and you're not going to learn unless you listen. There's this process. You listen, you take in the information, you learn what to do with the information, and then you can achieve your goals. But you have to listen in order to achieve your goal. There's some steps along the way, but it starts by listening. And those conversations have gone over really well. We've had other conversations about lying. Here's the thing that you can do with kids. You can use stories sometimes to help them understand the moral. So when my son was telling little lies, just I think like every kid probably does, these are little white lies about things that are meaningless to lie about. But Frankie, did you flush the toilet? Yes. Later, there's a bomb waiting for us that we get to discover. Fun. Frankie, did you brush your teeth? Yes. And there's plaque and all sorts of stuff just caked on there when we look at them. Okay, great. Little things like that. Frankie, did you do this? Yeah. Nope. No, he didn't. And it's, he, it's not that he's trying to necessarily be malicious. He's just, he's a boy. He doesn't want to do certain things. He wants to have fun. And so he doesn't. And then he tells us lies so that he can continue having fun. So I sat him down one day and had a conversation, told him the story about the little boy who cried wolf. And that story resonated with him. That's the wonderful thing about stories is they bring the understanding, they deliver the moral, but they do so in a way that's memorable. For months after that, when his little sister was telling her little lies, Frankie would step in and say, Reagan, let me tell you the story about the little boy who cried wolf. Now, he really liked the part of the end where the little boy got eaten. 
because he's a boy and boys like that kind of stuff. So maybe that was his motivation behind the story, but at least he told the story in an applicable setting. So there's that. It's neat, but the point is, is that this explanation of lying has stuck with him and he's done a much better job about it. Now we've established a rule in the house, and this is something else that I want to talk about on a different episode, but being a gracious father, I established a rule with my son and my daughter, Reagan. I said, look, I know you don't like doing certain things, and sometimes you have the, I didn't say propensity, but you have the tendency to want to tell a lie about it. So this is how we're going to do things. When we ask you a question and you give us an answer that we're pretty sure is a lie, and we ask you, are you telling us the truth? That is your moment of redemption. If you continue to lie to us, then there's going to be a consequence. But if you'll tell us the truth, there will be no consequence. You'll just need to go and do whatever it is that you've been asked to do. And that has worked like a charm. There's something about grace that is incredible. And if you will start to implement grace in your fathering, in your parenting, it's a game changer. Anyway, so the whole line thing, while we've given explanation and then we've also added grace to that, it's gone over really well. But you need to make sure that in everything, not even just when you're disciplining your kids, that you are giving explanation. I was driving to Home Depot. I feel like I always have stories about Home Depot. I'm there a lot. It's just the line of work that I'm doing right now with my father. But I'm in Home Depot all the time, and I was taking my son to Home Depot, and I stopped to let this woman pass by. Now, the woman did not look like a woman. She was probably 50 to 60, had a hat on, couldn't see any hair, sweatshirt, jeans, dressed very masculine. And my son asked me why I stopped. I said, I was letting that lady pass. He said, I thought that was a man. And I said, no, I'm pretty sure that was a lady. He said, but I didn't see any hair. Now, I don't even know that I've told my son that. We've just had little conversations me, my wife, the kids, about boys and girls and the differences between the two. And they've taken this framework and they've applied it to everything else that they see so that my my son has this idea now that most women tend to have long hair and most men tend to have shorter hair. So he asked the question, why did she cut her hair? Why didn't she have any hair? While he's only five and he doesn't need to have an understanding of what's going on in our world today with gender identity and he doesn't need to know some of the cultural issues, I tried to exercise some wisdom. I simply told him, there are men who like to grow their hair longer and there are women who like to grow their hair or cut their hair shorter. I said, I don't really know why. I said, I don't really want to do that. That's not the way that I choose to live, but they make that choice. But I took that opportunity to tell him something else. And I told him, I said, there's lots of times where women in particular get sick, they get cancer, and the treatment that they have to get to help them get better causes them to lose their hair. I said, so there's some women who don't have hair, not because they've cut it off, but because they're sick. So you have to be careful when judging people. You have to be careful not to say, oh, they've cut their hair, because sometimes they're sick. And you need to know that. You need to know that they're sick. There's a different issue. Don't ask what's going on. So it served as a good, it served as a good time for me to be able to teach that lesson because I I know someone who asked a cousin of mine about a girl he dated why she had cut off all of her hair 
and asked if she was still going to church because of that. And my cousin said, well, she did have cancer and brain surgery, so that's why her hair is the way that it is. The other girl was completely mortified, foot in mouth, and didn't say anything else. And that's kind of the point. That's the reason why you don't always judge the book by its cover, especially if you're not actively engaged in someone's life and keeping up to date with what's going on with their health and everything else. Don't just always assume the worst in people. So I had an opportunity to tell my son and explain some things to him. You are going to have opportunities almost on a daily basis to give explanation to your kids. You need to take advantage of that. Even if your kid does not ask you why, if there is an opportunity to take advantage of a teachable moment, teach your kids. You do not need to father your kids where you just give a rule and give a rule, and then they're stuck with this placeholder in the middle of why. Why is the foundation to everything. If you don't have the why, then everything else, the how, the what, the when, the where, it just nebulously floats around. You have to anchor everything with reason, with explanation. You have to anchor it with the why. And when you refuse to answer that question, your child will find someone else who will. And it might not always be the same way that you would want to answer it. Now, let me say this. If you are fathering your kids, correcting them based on rules that you do not have an answer for, shame on you. If you cannot give your kids an explanation, then you don't need to be correcting them about whatever it is you're correcting them on. If you're saying that they're doing wrong, but you don't know why, that's a problem. You need to be able to be confident enough in yourself to say, you know what, I don't know but I'll figure it out. Let me, let me learn. Let me study. Let me get an answer for you. You need to stop trying to correct your kids on issues that you don't understand just because you think, well, it ties into this and I'm going to do it this way. No, you're just damaging your kids. You're going to create tension and turmoil in your family, and there's a really good chance that when they can get out of the house and get away from you, that they will. Because there's people out there that are going to give an explanation, and they might, they might give a really stupid explanation, but at least they gave one. At least they did something. They gave, their, they gave your child a voice, gave them way to participate into the conversation. That's why you have to be inviting of the question, why? And you need to give the explanation. Your child needs to feel comfortable asking you questions, trying to learn trying to give you a platform to teach them. If you always shut them down and you say, no, you can't ask a question. Don't don't question my authority. No, you don't need to ask why right now. You just need to do it. If you never give them room to speak, never give them room to question, and always tell them this is the way that it is, you're going to lose them. I've seen too many people growing up in church specifically as Christians, too many peers who, when they came of age and they could leave the house, man, they took off. They took off quick. And they did all the stuff that mommy and daddy wouldn't let them do because they never explained. They never gave a reason why. 
I know kids that they couldn't go out with other friends of theirs from the church without the parents being present because their parents were afraid that they'd eat too much sugar. Talk about teenagers. Like, it's one thing if you're six, (laughs) but teenagers, people who could drive themselves still, they couldn't without mommy and daddy there. They couldn't be involved in events because parents didn't want them playing particular games. Because I guess some board games have spirits. I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road, but they wouldn't let them talk to members of the opposite sex because they were so concerned that they might end up having premarital sex at some point in their life. So they kept them from everything because they said so, because it was good for them, because this was in their best interest to just do what mommy and daddy told them to do. And as soon as they could get away, they did. And they got an explanation on one thing from someone else. And that's the thing. When you don't give the explanation, and they go out and they start working, or they go to college, and they get an explanation from someone else, or they've always thought, okay, there's this and there's that, and someone says, no, this is okay, but this is wrong, replace it with this, and here's why. And then they create the link for them. So now they've got an explanation that shows you to be wrong because you never gave an explanation. And if they find out that you're wrong on that, well, what else are they wrong on? And soon, everything that you taught them to do, they have left behind because you never explained it, because you never gave them a reason, especially as a Christian. The Bible even instructs us to always be ready and available to give an account or an answer, an explanation of the hope that is within us, especially as a Christian. But even if you don't, even if you don't practice Christianity and the Bible is not your moral compass, if you're teaching your kids something, give an explanation. Otherwise, they'll find it somewhere else. They will begin to question you. And the sad thing is they'll probably lose respect for you. Worst case scenario is if you explain things to your kids, they will always respect you, even if they choose a different path, because you let them ask the questions, you let them ask why, you let them be a part of the conversation, and you told them why you did things the way that you did it. You gave them an explanation. That's respectable. Even if you don't come to terms of agreement, if you agree to disagree, you can still have a mutual respect. And you want your kids to stay in your life. If your kid chooses a different path and you write them off, I've seen that happen too. And why? (laughs) That's your child. Especially seeing it within Christian circles. I mean, I don't even know how you can do that as a Christian, especially since the way that you're supposed to parent your children is patterned after the way that God deals with us as his children, that he loved us when we didn't love him, when we were everything that he despised in the world, he still gave himself for us. But we are okay to write our kids up. I I don't understand that. But the sad thing that I want to go back and say is these kids who up and leave their home whenever they can, and they go off and they do all the things that they were never allowed to do, and they just 
they they go downhill fast because they just want to experience everything because they think their parents were wrong on everything. And maybe they weren't, but they didn't give explanation. I've heard some of these same parents say, I don't know why my kid chose this path. Thinking, at what point are we going to realize that you can't just say, you do this, you do that, and you don't provide an explanation? You've got to give an explanation to your kids. Because if you do not do it, someone else will. Don't be afraid of the question, why? It can start out as a very annoying question when your kids are young. But as your kids get older and they ask that question, you ought to beam with excitement because it gives you the opportunity to teach them. And you have to be sure to give them a voice so that they can ask that question. Because great teachers, and as a dad, you have the opportunity to be a teacher. You have the privilege of being a teacher. Great teachers allow their students to speak up. And they listen to their students. Because the teacher is trying to take you from A to B. And as the student speaks up, the teacher can gauge where they're at. Maybe they're halfway there. Maybe they're really close, but there's just one thing that they're stuck on. Well, because you listened and gave them a voice, now you know exactly how to help them take that last step to get from A to B. You have an opportunity as a father to make a lasting impact, to help your kids. But if you're not going to give them a voice, if you're not going to let them question you because you think you were just indelible, you're lying to yourself. That's not what a dad is. You're not a dictator who gets to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. That's a toddler. That's what toddlers want to do. You're a man. You're a dad. You have a calling. You have a responsibility. And you have an opportunity. And really, you have a privilege. Give your kids a voice. Invite the why. And every chance you get, answer it. Give the explanation. This is Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you'll join me next time.